Hello, hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Graveyard Copy Talk. We are your hosts, Amanda and Corinne. And we have gone on two coffee runs today because we decided to batch a bunch of episodes. Look, we're allowed to take vacation next month, okay? <laughs> but uh, hey, Amanda, where'd we go for coffee? What did we get? I don't remember. So we went to Heine Brothers, mm-hmm. a local coffee shop. I know we've mentioned them here before, but very exciting now they have voted to unionize i saw i'm so happy for them (sighs) you love to see it it's very great um so i got i really wanted the cold brew with sweet cold foam because cold brew it's so good but i got the iced coffee because they were out of cold brew with the cold foam not gonna lie their iced coffee is a little bitter um so it's not the best coffee I've ever had, but it is doing the trick. Mm-hmm. Uh, Karim, what'd you get? I, well, I wanted the Nitro Dirty Chai because when I drink those, I don't sleep for, like, a lot. And I have a book that I really want to start reading once we're done with all of our recording. And I don't want to have to stop reading to sleep. Um, but the universe said, Corinne, you need to sleep. And instead, I got a Dirty Chai. So there's still espresso. Like, please don't doubt that there's not caffeine in this. Um, but I also put it in my favorite mug because every time I get iced drinks from Heine Brothers, I end up spilling it all over myself. So at this point, I've just learned, um, put it in a different cup. So I grabbed one of my mugs and it's a really great mug. It's one that Amanda gave me, yes. in fact. And it says, c'est moment when you start penser en deux langues at the same temps. Which, if you don't get the joke, is that moment when you start thinking in two languages at the same time in a mixture of French and English. It's, it's a really well done joke and uh, is an unkind reference to the fact that I had some language problems when I first came back from studying in France. But she it's really did. <laughs> she would. Uh, mostly I learned drunk. Mostly when drunk was when it was an issue. I learned a couple of French phrases, at, at least I could understand them, out of self preservation when she would start talking to me. I have, it doesn't happen anymore. I've been in English speaking places long enough again that I think I've only responded in the wrong language once mm-hmm. in like the last five or six years. And I'm very proud of you. You should be. I worked really hard for that. I know. All right. So, what is our tarot draw? I uh, decided to do an oracle deck today and. Uh, I went back to my good friend, the rebel deck, the oracle with attitude. Because, you know, if I'm going to get dragged by my cards, I'd like it to be funny. And these cards are very funny. And this one is speaking directly to us, BT dubs. Oh, yay. Shame, regret, and guilt. Those are just bullshit. Forgive. Let that shit go. I'm sorry. That's my emotional support neuroses. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
I think my cards have something to say to us about the fact that we both have massive amounts of Catholic guilt. Catholic guilt and imposter syndrome make starting new jobs really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, Amanda, part two. Part two. Yes, part two of our Urban Legend series because it's for you guys listening, October. Mm-hmm. And October should just be scary. It what? just should. Can it be only a little bit scary? Um, no. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, d- I don't think it's okay. too bad. We'll, we'll see. Uh, so I mentioned last episode how modern day urban legends are by and large showing up on the internet. Mm-hmm. So I figured today we would discuss some of those. Great. And I've left out the most obvious, which is Slenderman, because if I ever cover that, I want to do a really deep dive. Uh-huh. Um, and we yeah. just don't really have time here. So today we are going to talk about creepypastas. Oh, no. oh no so if you don't know what a creepypasta is it's a brief user-generated story online intended to scare readers so these stories usually start out on forums where it's understood that the stories are fiction Uh uh-huh but they end up spreading out to the wider internet community some people start to believe that they are true yep uh again for an example of a creepypasta gone gotten a little out of hand we see slender man yes so there are four subgenres of creepypasta that have grown organically as the stories have started to appear. Okay. First, there are the lost episode creepypastas. Okay. These are stories of episodes of children's shows that, you know, they've got that urban legend friend of a friend framing, mm-hmm. um, but twisted. Yes. A little bit. It's more, does anyone remember this episode? Or episode X of this TV show from the 80s, the 90s, whatever the target audience's childhood Mm -hmm. time frame would have been. And in these stories, you'll get a description of an episode where either something creepy happens in the episode proper or something terrible happened to the cast of the show. And there's an episode that alludes to something more sinister behind the scenes Mm -hmm. or something starts to happen to the people who remember that episode. Okay. Um, One of the most famous is, of course, the Squidward suicide episode of Spongebob. I'm sorry, the what? Yes. I'm surprised you haven't heard about this. Okay. So, full disclosure, I have seen maybe two episodes of Spongebob ever in my entire life. Okay. This is a creepypasta. It is fiction. I understand that. But I am so far out of the discussion, even, of Spongebob, because that was never my jam, that if mm-hmm. I saw the word Spongebob, my eyes glaze over. That's fair. So there is a creepypasta that says that there is a lost episode of Spongebob Squarepants, where it starts off like a normal episode. Okay. But throughout the episode, Squidward is getting more and more visibly depressed by things that are going on. Okay. And characters start treating him like legit legitimately cruelly as the episode goes on the artwork then starts to change and squidward's eyes are like just black hash marks mm-hmm. and you know just all of this horrific imagery and the episode ends with squidward killing himself jesus christ 
I'm pretty sure that's the most famous Lost Episode 1. There's also the Channel Zero uh, Lost Episode where, you know, that one started off as, does anyone else remember this show that used to air on, like, public domain television in the 90s? And there was this guy and he you know, sang songs with a bunch of kids. I do remember hearing about this one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, And that one actually became the conceit for a horror television show called Channel Zero. Okay. Um, Which, full disclosure, I have not watched. I've wanted to. I don't watch nearly the TV I want to watch. There's too much good stuff out there. There really is. Um. So those are the lost episodes. Okay, yeah, I, there's one about a Sesame Street short, which may or may not actually, like, that one might actually yes, exist. that one might have roots in reality, and I didn't actually go too in-depth with that one, so I don't have enough that's to talk fine. about it here. I just was like, oh, wait, I but actually That's the one about, one. like, the crack in the wall? Yes, yes, yes. Um, I'm sorry. We're just here like, yeah, we totally know what that is, listeners. You don't get to do it's- your own Googling. I learned about it on Tumblr. That's where I learn a lot of stuff. Pull yourself up by your internet bootstraps. I don't know. What the? <laughs> don't let Amanda. Me talk. Amanda. <laughs> okay, we're good. We've gotten this out of our system. No, we haven't. No, we haven't. Shit. Anyway, let's okay. pretend like we know what we're doing. So next, we have the video game creepy pastas. Okay. So those stories center around video games with horrific elements where the things happening in the games start spilling over into the realities of whatever characters are in the story. Yes. So these can be caused by supernatural elements or AI issues. Mm -hmm. And the most famous one of these, I would guess, would be the Lavender Town Syndrome. Yeah, I hear a lot of hunters really into this specific kind of creepypasta because mm-hmm. he plays so many video games. So right. I hear about these a lot, and I really wish that I didn't. <laughs> so the Lavender Town Syndrome creepypasta states that the music in the original Pokemon Red and Blue, mm-hmm. when you get to Lavender Town, the music changes completely. Uh, Lavender Town is where you first start encountering ghost-type Pokemon in the game. Um, yeah, you guys didn't know that you'd be getting a Pokemon podcast. What? Joke's on you. Playing the long con. <laughs> switching over our content. That's not. <laughs> um, and per the creepypasta, the music in this game was leading to mass child suicide in Japan. Cool. I hate that. Yeah. I have at least heard of this one, so I'm not... Um, and... I've seen a couple versions of the creepypasta because, again, these stories take on lives of their own. This is why they are considered modern urban legends. Yes. Um, in some versions, the music then was changed before the game was released in the United States and then it was re-released in Japan. Yeah. Etc. Uh, next, we have the psychotic killer creepypastas. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, psychotic killer creepypastas. Uh, these tell the story of someone who was bullied or traumatized as a child uh they're almost always left with a physical disfigurement of some sort Mm -hmm. and they have a psychotic break as a result of their mistreatment and become a serial killer sounds logical uh the most notable of these would be jeff the killer i've heard of that one 
I'm sure you have. For some reason, there is a freaking, like, fandom for Jeff the Killer where people are like, he's my sweet little serial killer, boo. And I'm like, okay, we don't hero worship serial killers. Well. We don't do it. Well. I know there are people who do. I enjoy the occasional foray into the true crime world. Okay. So again, there's Jeff the Killer. He's got this whole fandom. The head moderator of the Creepypasta Wiki has had to come out to make a statement saying that they do not condone hero worship of serial killers because of just the sheer levels of stan culture for this fictional psychotic killer. Okay, that's special. Yeah, basically, the head mod doesn't want Jeff the Killer to become another Slender Man situation where it okay. inspires a true crime. Yeah, that's that's fair. I can see where they're feeling the need to, to make those commentary. Right. Uh, so the story of Jeff the Killer, which I've now said enough that it's not real words anymore. Yep. Uh, the titular Jeff was bullied over and over and eventually beaten so bad by his bullies that he ended up in the hospital. Oof. Uh, in the hospital, he suffers a psychotic break, but is still released. Yeah. Somehow. But I mean, it's an American story and the American healthcare system is a joke. So yeah. like, it makes sense. Um, after being released, Jeff slices his own face. Oh, so he's kind of like Uchisake Ona, mm-hmm. but he does it to his own self. Yep. And goes on a killing rampage, telling his victims, quote, go to sleep. Just before killing them. I hate that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I include these things just for you. I know you do. And finally, we have the supernatural monster creepypastas. Okay. Uh, so these stories take monster ideas from traditional folklore and pop culture and rework them to fit the modern day. Okay. And as these are stories on the internet, proceed with caution, because I've run into several that do not treat these with any sort of cultural respect. Uh Uh-huh. And some that are flat out offensive. I'm not going to name any names. But there is a very well-known creepypasta that has recently uh, been turned into a book. And the book has some incredibly problematic depictions of native peoples great love that um and unfortunately um a lot of the supernatural entity creepypastas that i've run into have the same problems fit into that kind of modus operandi yes um which we're not here for nope nope we're not not Um, our scene and then before i wrap up my segment which i guess is a little shorter than usual but eh Um, I saw a really interesting article from Time Magazine that compared modern day creepypastas to chain letters and chain email and the chain emails that were everywhere in the days of dial up internet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that makes sense. So, you know, I love the line, quote, chain emails were one of the first vehicles for web, uh, virality, Mm -hmm. which... My brain keeps wanting to read his virility, and those are two nope. very different things. Nope. Very different concepts. Um, so I don't have much more in the way of connecting these to more traditional urban legends. There was one particular creepypasta I was going to go into here, but I then realized that it was going to be entirely too much for you. Thank you. Um, and 
Yeah. But I appreciate that because I like to sleep. It's one of my favorite. Uh, if you guys want to go look up a creepypasta, the Russian sleep experiment. Oh, shit. Yeah. I, nope. Mm-mm. <laughs> nope. 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 Thank you for not doing that. Yes. Um, I love that one. And I love that that's one that I have seen thrown about on, um, I want to say I saw it on Twitter sometime last year. Uh, it was thrown around as a true thing that actually happened during the Cold War. And Yeah, I've, I've, I know what you're talking about. I know that framing. Absolutely fuck not. Thank you for not <laughs> doing this to me. I do what I can. Uh, so yeah, I just wanted to touch on modern day versions of urban legends and how folklore keeps evolving as Mm -hmm. we as a species keep evolving yeah and also make it so corinne doesn't sleep just just for like a night thanks but not like the rest of the week thanks friend this is why we're friends i guess uh that makes it my turn huh yes Okay, so Amanda, I actually owe you and our Twitter following a debt of gratitude for the first half of this of part of my segment. I am so excited about this. So, uh, guys, if you're not following us on Twitter at Talk Graveyard, you are missing the hell out. So Amanda put out a call recently asking for people's favorite urban legends, and Twitter fucking delivered. Uh, yeah. It was amazing. Uh, and I owe a debt of gratitude in particular to Dr. Ida Tolgensbach, who told us about how the U.S. murder clown legend had made its way to Norway and then actually spread to Sweden as well. So clearly I had to do some research about this. Yeah. Oh, a thousand percent. So according to Dr. Tolgensbach, she first heard the story from her own kid in October of 2016. Again, like we said last episode, follow what yes. kids are talking about. Uh And almost directly after that, it started cropping up in newspapers around the country. Her own daughter reported that a clown had killed a teen in the neighborhood. Later, reports started spreading that people were dressing as clowns and menacing others. Now, in Norway, at least, it does seem that people, especially teens, had heard about the creepy-ass murder clowns and decided to scare the living daylights out of their neighbors. Uh, In response, some news stores started... Blech. Some stores in the country stopped selling clown costumes entirely, says the translation of one of the newspapers that I read. Uh, in another English-language Norwegian news site, I read teens in multiple cities were arrested after scaring folks whilst dressed as clowns, usually as their friends filmed on their phones. Uh, duh. Yeah. Like, Did this it is even happen? So much like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. But it's so interesting to see how they took that story and were like, Yeah, this sounds like a fucking great prank. Um, In the U.S., in contrast, the vast majority of creepy clown sightings were entirely fictitious. More people were arrested for filing false police reports than were people dressed as clowns doing illegal things. Not that people weren't arrested for dressing up as clowns while doing illegal shit, including here in Kentucky. Really? Yes. So, Vox.com's Aja Romano did a terrific write-up in 2016 when all of this was going down, providing more context around the urban legend. I do have a link. I highly recommend it. Uh, And as she reports, this is not the first time that creepy clown panic or phantom clowns, which is what the phenomenon is known as, has happened. Uh, It has been cropping up in cycles since the early 1980s. Oh, I hate that. Uh Uh-huh. 
Now, interestingly, since the creepy clown urban legends were big in 2016, members of the Digital Folklore Project at Utah State University actually posited that this ter- the terrifying carnies were being used as a stand-in as commentary surrounding the election. I, yes. Which is a take I am fascinated by. Side note, I also want to start following the Digital Folklore Project because that sounds delightful. Do it. So that is kind of what I learned about the whole murder clowns in Norway. I just, I, I am so fascinated, you know, here in the US, it was very much like, fictitious these things were clearly not actually happening and then in norway teens are like fuck yeah i'm gonna dress up like a clown (laughs) because who wouldn't right um but now i am going to switch gears all the way around uh please get ready for some hella mood whiplash because i found an extremely recent urban legend that has been making the rounds okay in late february and early march of this year a story started spreading around ukraine about a fighter pilot who'd shot down at least six Russian aircraft during the first 30 hours of the attempted siege of Kiev. Oh, I've heard of this one. Whomever this mystery pilot, known as the Ghost of Kiev, was, they'd be the first certified ace in decades. Because air-to-air combat just is not as frequent as it was during the First and Second World Wars. And this was particularly triumphant news during those very grim early days of the ongoing war in Ukraine. Footage was even shared of the purported ghost of Kiev in combat with their MiG-29 outmaneuvering enemy planes. Uh, in fact, even former Ukrainian President Poroshenko was tweeting about the ghost of Kiev. Uh, some newspapers even thought they'd ID'd the pilot, believing it to be one Major Stepan Tarab- Tarabalka. Uh, the New York Times does note that Major Tarabalka was an actual member of the Ukrainian armed forces who was killed in battle in March. He was 29. However, the world does now know, as of April 30th of this year, the ghost of Kiev is just a legend. Uh, no such fighting ace actually exists. And the story is as much propaganda as it is urban legend. And you need that sort of hope yes. when your country is currently under siege. Yeah. Um, it filled a vital role in keeping spirits up amongst the citizens and the soldiers alike in Ukraine, as they are facing an absolutely colossal enemy. Uh, Plus, misinformation of this type has played a vital role in the ongoing war efforts in Ukraine. Uh, Ukraine has actually been able to take massive inroads against Russia, pushing back the lines of their invading force, largely due to a fantastic information campaign. Um, And I had two primary reasons for wanting to bring up the ghost of Kiev. Uh, For one thing, it is fascinating to see an urban legend that has sprung up so recently. Mm -hmm. Um, And because it's important to continue paying attention to what's going on in Ukraine. There is just so many concurrent tragedies going on in the world right now that it's easy to lose sight of the ones that have been ongoing for a while. You know, looking at you, pandemic that still isn't over, and the horrific flooding in Pakistan. Um, And Eastern Kentucky. Yep. Yep. But also, while – and this is so deeply nerdy. When I first saw it, I had an instant flashback to a short story I read as a teenager. Okay. It was a story about the Blitz and a group of English pilots being outmanned by Germans when suddenly another formation of planes joined them and turned the tide against the Germans. Over the course of the story... I remember this story! So the POV character realizes that it's actually King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table coming to guard Britain in its hour of need. And I cannot remember the title of the story. Amanda, I have been Googling it for more than a decade. Because I just... I take what stories... What details of the story I can remember... 
And I, I remember sitting in the family room at our family computer in its little computer hutch. So I had to have been no more than 15 or 16 when I read the short story. Was was this on a website where like the background was this super like parchmenty yellow and it was a bunch of different modern day takes on Arthurian legend? No, from what I remember, the one where I saw this at least, A, I'm pretty sure it had like a very light blue background and it was like a compendium of short stories. Because I was like, oh my god, I can read published short stories on the internet. I already knew about fan fiction. I was I was reading a lot of fan fiction back in, in that particular period in my life. But this was the first time I realized that you could access published short stories for free on the interwebs. And that story has just stuck with me. And I felt that same sense, again, when I'm reading about the Ghost of Kiev, and how the ghost of Kiev was raising spirits during Ukraine's darkest hours. You're how welcome. dare you be heartwarming on this podcast? You know that's why I'm here. You scare the shit out of me, I make you cry. That was the deal we made <laughs> when we set this up. Oh, it's true. So, yeah. Like, I saw that. I have been sitting on this because I have wanted to tell you that I was going to do this. And I was like, no, I'm just going to drop this on Amanda like a fucking bomb. Rude. Yep. Um, but that is uh, the extent of my notes because I actually made myself really sad while I was writing those I was also drinking wine and I just I tend to drink wine and cry and write about folklore it's it's just a thing (laughs) (laughs) it's just who I am as a human being okay yeah, if I'm texting you about folklore and crying, I'm probably also drinking wine. You inform me every time. Yes. Um, so I don't think this is going to be our last uh, For foray it. into urban legends. Absolutely not. There's so much that we haven't talked about. Um, like, eventually, I'd love to talk about the alternate reality games going on on TikTok. And yeah. Oh, there's so much good stuff. There's so much. Um, but... Again. <laughs> we have full-time jobs. We do. And other hobbies that we are also what? attempting to participate in. What? That sounds fake. Other hobbies? Never. I don't have, like, three bajillion things on my to-do list. It's whatever. It's fine. Everything's fine. We're good. There's enough time for everything in this world. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Can you hear us trying to convince ourselves, y'all? It's not working. Nope. Um, But thank you guys for listening. Uh, Have a fantastic and safe Halloween. Um, Because I I believe this is our episode coming out closest to Halloween. Right before Halloween, yes. Okay. Because Halloween's on a Monday this year, which is stupid. I don't know. I'm kind of here for it because in our neighborhood, uh, huh. Fun fact, if you guys have not seen the viral Twitter picture of the bookstore with the blood dripping down oh, yeah, paint yeah, yeah. job, uh, that is our friend Jenny, and that bookstore is really close to my house, and those businesses there are actually doing a big Halloween event on the Sunday. Mm. Um, so, which, is that the Sunday this comes out? I think it is. I think so. So if you guys are in Louisville, 
go down to Barrett, go trick-or-treating at the businesses, buy stuff from them. If you're not in Louisville, you know, maybe look up the websites for Butcher Cabin Books and Unorthodox and... Siscott T. Siscott T. Barrett Babes. Goldheart. Ultra Pop. Yeah. There's Um, a lot of really great stores in that area. There's so many good stores that will, I think, have things that people who fill the creepy folklore niche... Uh, I, I think Y'all there are enjoy it. products you will enjoy. Um, so, you know, maybe give them a look today. And I believe that is everything. Yeah. So sweet dreams. And this week, caffeinated nightmares. I know last <laughs> week I told you to just have the one nightmare about toilet ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I was real close to the mic on that. My bad. <laughs> Whoopsie doodle. But, um... Sweet dreams and caffeinated nightmares, everyone. Good night. Thank you for listening to Graveyard Coffee Talk. Our theme music is Pretty Little Dead Girls by Seanan McGuire. Copyright 2006 and used with permission. Our cover art is by Kyle Welsh. If you want to keep the chat going, please visit our website at graveyardcoffeetalk.com for transcripts, episode notes, and more. Follow us on Instagram at graveyardcoffeetalkpod or on Twitter at Talk Graveyard. About three years later, the storm is gone. They say she's out there on the hill. They say she's looking for the promise.